Hi, and welcome back to the Shadow Work Library. My name is Jessica DePotzi, and in this series, I'm going to take you through the entire spectrum of negative patterns in the human experience and how we can transmute them with shadow work. I recorded this episode for YouTube specifically. Yes, I have done the bigger thing and gone to video, so if you want to see my face and have a different kind of shadow work library experience, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. And if you're liking that vibe, please do subscribe. All right, enjoy the show. I never knew how good life could feel until I met the shaman. And even after meeting her and sitting in several very powerful plant medicine ceremonies, I still wasn't sure what was going on uh, to create all of these breakthroughs and epiphanies in my life, logically anyway. So I decided to dig in. And I even got this priceless opportunity to apprentice with her for several months. And boy, did I gain some really remarkable insights. So in this video, I want to share with you a bit about what I know about how meeting with a real life shaman can help you resolve your lack of purpose in life. And I wanted to highlight up front that this video is going to be for all of you left brain folks out there who really need to know how things work. And I'm not going to lie, that's kind of a hard way to be in this realm of magic and spirit because, you know, it's the unknowable, it's the ungraspable, it transcends it, <laughs> it transcends words and logic. But if we're to take spirit out of the conversation just for today, we're left with some very interesting insights about how this ancient set of psychotechnologies can help us heal, awaken, and have this fuller experience of life, which is why I think you're here. So we're going to go through the whole shamanic experience from a universal perspective, and I'm going to go through some of those tools that they use. My name is Jessica DePotzi, and I'm a shadow work educator. I'm a podcaster, and now I have this YouTube channel go me. Uh, so hey, now I have 70, seven zero subscribers. Yay, little wins. Um, so if you'd like to be part of this growing channel, you can uh, like and subscribe if that feels aligned for you. Um, and you can tune into the type of shadow work that I subscribe to, which is not your typical shadow work. It's fun. All right, let's get into it. So now I think I could say her name here and it wouldn't be very hard for you to find out who I'm talking about. But because I'm not so sure, I'm just going to call her the shaman, which, by the way, she would never call herself the shaman. She's a humble and highly integral woman. She's been um, serving plant medicines for 20 plus years, and she'd describe herself more as a channel, a medium, a guide. But I like to call her the shaman because she is that archetype, and that's the best way I can describe her. And I feel like that's that's easier for this context. So let me start with my own story here. In 2019, I uh, was happily married and co-running a successful business with my partner. We had just bought a brand new house. It was like a brand new build just outside of Phoenix, a street away from my parents' house. Like this was the house. It had the big gourmet kitchen and big bathtub, the big walk-in shower. You know, this was the kind of place that people make fun of middle Americans for. <laughs> so like if you're resonating with me here doesn't this sound like something terrible is about to happen like this is how all self-help books start off I had it all right so my partner and I even joked at the time maybe now in hindsight out of uh like discomfort like this is the moment where you have it all and then you see the light and you realize you don't need it I mean that is the realm that we both work in so looking around and finding myself in the suburbs and in this house that was too big for us, I just had this awareness that, um, God, I think this is the beginning of a mythical adventure. 
because it just kind of wasn't us, you know? Um, but I was a little bit in denial. I already had another house from my previous life in California. And I thought maybe that was my have it all, uh, leave it all moment. But deeper down, I remember looking around at all of my stuff and thinking, well, maybe it was more subconsciously like, this is normal. This is like too normal. And yeah, it was two months after that we planned a trip to Costa Rica. It was a family trip. And just at the end of it, we threw in a little ayahuasca ceremony. You know, no big deal. So our friends flew down and we sat in ceremony. And the next morning, everything was different. (laughs) We had just pulled this really intense all-nighter. And yet the next morning, we had more vitality, more juice, like more life juice, this heightened sense of purpose and meaning with life, meaning in life. And it was long lasting. And I mean, when was the last time you pulled an all-nighter and felt like that the next day? Not me. I am horrible without a solid seven. And so I don't want to get into the details of what happened that night in terms of our personal experiences, because that's not really helpful anyway. If you've ever experienced anything like that, you know that everyone's journey is very personalized and unique to what they need. But what I wanted to focus on are those set of psychotechnologies she used throughout the night that are universal shamanic practices all around the world. Now, when we went there, none of us had this intention to heal some big trauma in our lives. I believe we were all there because we were seekers and we wanted to know what else there was to experience on the edges of this human experience of being human. Like, how can we change our state so that We're still human, but we can experience something completely different. And we all got a lot more than we bargained for. Like healing happened. Healing that we weren't even looking for happened. And yes, there's an integration portion that's absolutely necessary and needs to occur after something like this. But that's for another time. That will be a good episode. But the psychotechnologies, that's really the point here. I want to talk about that word first. That's a term I got from John Ravakey, who we interviewed for our documentary on post-traumatic growth. I'll link to that in the description. We're in post-production right now, so if you're seeing this video early on, you might just see the teaser, which is still pretty good. Um, John Ravakey, man, the guy, he's a goddamn genius. And I don't say that lightly. He's the head of consciousness and wisdom studies at the University of Toronto. And he has a great YouTube series called Awakening from the Meaning Crisis, which I highly suggest you check out. And he explained that psychotechnologies are these systematic tools or uses of tools that enhance your cognitive abilities. It's a tool that our brain um, maps and models as part of itself, as part of the psyche that enhances how it operates. So a good example that he used was literacy. We are born lingual, but we're not born literate, right? So we're born with the ability to speak and yet Learning how to read and write is a fairly new thing, but it greatly, greatly increases and enhances our cognitive abilities. Now, in the first episode of Awakening from the Meaning Crisis, Verveke goes through this super thorough examination of the development of human cognition, and he explains how our cognition and our consciousness just exploded when the shaman started to pop up in our history, which is interesting because there was no notable change in our brains at that point in our biology or our anatomy. Homo sapiens had been a thing for a while. They were good to go up until that point, right? And so basically our brain hardware was the same, but the shaman played the significant role in changing how we use that software. So it helped. they helped us to expand our perception of reality and use our brains in a different way. 
So let's dive into like more of what shamanism really is. The etymology of the word shaman. And if you know me from my podcast, you know I love a good etymology moment. (laughs) It means one who knows. And so shamanism universally is the set of psychotechnologies for altering your state of consciousness. So remember, I'm talking about this from a left brain point of view. So we're not even touching that really real realm of the impossible to explain like the world of vibration and spirits, because I really want to focus on this tech. But this really could be a good way to suss out if you're working with a shaman or a charlatan, because unfortunately there is no shortage of those. So if your intuition is feeling fuzzy about who you're working with, this could be an additional litmus to work with. Now I'd like to explore with you right now why altering your state of consciousness is important in the first place, but we don't really have the time. I want to keep this kind of short to do a super deep dive into altered states because that's this whole conversation on its own. So I'm going to link to a podcast I did with uh, John's colleague in the description. His name is Anderson Todd, and it was such such a good episode. It's He's so funny and really, really a connoisseur of altered states. So if you're into that, definitely check that out. But in general, altering our states of consciousness or getting out of this normal state of consciousness, which is like what most of you are probably in right now, what I'm in right now, it allows us to see our lives and ourselves with this broader lens and from different angles of perception. So I like to use this analogy of building a house. If you just have the blueprints, that's a great start. Like that is the foundation. Our normal state is a foundational state to work with. But if that's all you have, you have an incomplete view of what you're looking to build and create. You know, you need to see it from the front, the top, the sides. I don't know how to build a house, but I'm assuming you need to know where the wires go and plumbing and stuff like that. And eventually you need to know colors and textures and all that stuff. It's a good analogy for understanding why altering our states of consciousness is really important. It helps us see moments from the past that have this iron grip on reality in a different way, from different perspectives. It allows us to zoom out in a less personal way so that we can resolve undone issues, we can forgive, we can provide compassion for ourselves, for other people involved. We can understand more about life in general. Because when we rely too heavily on the ordinary mind, we can get into a kind of habitual tunnel vision. This is the way that I am. And everyone needs to fit into it or be a certain kind of person that I feel comfortable around or I'm going to have a bad time and you're going to have a bad time. And so your capacity to show up in the world is really limited by your unpleasant reaction to it. So um, to cope with that, you know, we either play too small or we are playing big and we're often getting triggered and we probably don't want that, right? So what kinds of things would you do if you're a shaman? Okay, keep in, in mind, again, this is from the left brain point of view. One of the things a shaman might do is perform long, intense bouts of dancing, singing, chanting, playing musical instruments, chanting, and talk about endurance. If you've ever experienced this, it's absolute flow state. There is no other way to describe it other than getting into the world of miracles. It's just fascinating. So what is it about music that can be so medicinal? Well, quantum physics has shown us that the world, the universe, everything, me, you, we're all made of vibrations. And sounds can help us tap into the resonant frequencies needing to heal disease. I'm talking about dis-ease. Talking physiological, psychological, spiritual. By translating specific acoustic vibrations into these meaningful neurological impulses that heal us on a primal level. 
And it's pretty cool that scientists are now just starting to understand the biology of sound. And we're beginning to understand how things like sound can impact our biological structure right down to the cellular level. In fact, recent research has shown that every one of our cells has receptors for sound, meaning the vibrations from sound can actually change the structure of our cells, which as you can imagine, I mean, I'm no scientist, but if they can actually change the structure of our cells, that can impact our mental and physical well-being. Sound includes the entire world of vibrations, including our thoughts, because our thoughts, if you think about it, they're audible to us and they can directly and indirectly impact our cellular health. So when the shaman is singing or chanting or playing music, we're flooded with this sense of responsibility this places on us and we start thinking about our thinking. You know, we can experience true transformation, break negative patterns in our mind through these new neurological links and take back control of our lives, get um, out of our own ways. And this happens in both a conscious and an unconscious kind of way. Okay, next, a shaman may also perform some sort of imitation or possession in the imaginal. They will become the spirit guide that they're working with or they will become the animal that they're working with. They don't just imagine that they're the wildcat, for example, they become the wildcat. They hear everything she hears. They have these heightened uh, sensitivities to the environment, just like a big cat would have. Um, They can feel the changes in the wind. They have this sense of protection and swiftness. So the shaman can either bring these elements into ceremony and help guide the participants with the skills and power of the animal or the being that they're calling in, or they can use it sometimes at the same time. They can use it to uh, sense themselves what's going on with a participant or the participant so they can help move energy in the most effective way because there's no talking usually during these types of ceremonies. It's all happening from an intuitive sense. So they become this other being that goes beyond human form and our human capabilities. Now, I cannot stress enough that the real shaman is not playing the imaginary, but he or she or they are playing in the imaginal, right? And there's a big difference there. In To our modern Western ears, the word imaginal might suggest some kind of like private, um, subjective inner landscape, like playing make-believe. And while the word imaginal is often associated in the world of dreams and visions, the imaginal in traditional metaphysics is um, objectively real. It's ontologically real. It's entirely superior to uh, what might be, meaning it's really real. They, They believe it's really real, at least not less real than what we can see in our normal state. And I do subscribe to that too. (laughs) Now there's a quote from Frances Vaughn, who's a author and psychologist. Let me just pull this up here. Um, She has an interesting way of saying this. When the ego that is subject to physical laws dissolves into an identification with soul, it enters the timeless imaginal realms that are perceived as other worlds or alternative realities. And these may be accessed by a variety of consciousness altering techniques such as meditation, shamanic journeys. Okay, we're going to go through some of these things now. And that's a good lesson for us because, okay, the shaman is shaman, right? They have spent a lot of time on their craft, but we can play in the imaginal realm as well if we can trust ourselves enough to go there without judgment. That's another good video idea. Okay, the shaman will also have long bouts of isolation, of fasting, strict dieting or dieta, um, and or abstinence from sex. Have you ever fasted or done some kind of intense breath work? And really, it doesn't even have to be intense, but any kind of breath work, 
you can be transported into a different world. It's so wild. And just to reiterate why we would want to go to that other world, hypothetically, transformative experiences happen in these altered states of consciousness and breath work and fasting are some methods to get there. And when you become a connoisseur of them or even just dabble in them, you can see how dramatically we've underrated the plasticity of our human consciousness and, and the range of our potential. Now, fasting specifically has this therapeutic benefit to our consciousness known as liminality, which is this transitional period or phase. And during liminality, we lack social status, we suspend, we you know, halt our state of being. So when we're fasting, we experience consciousness in this transitional state that correlates with this suspension of everyday activities and social conventions. So basically you're not eating, right? That's not normal. And during liminality, fasting has this potential to facilitate change by causing this shift in our beliefs and values. And that changing of underlying beliefs and values systems in a positive way is a really important uh, aspect in our healing and awakening and growth journeys. Which brings me to the last point that I wanted to explore, which are psychedelics or other natural substances to chemically alter your state. Now, this one is an important one for me. People with the help of ethnogens have been released from treatment resistant addictions and have overcome PTSD in miraculous ways. I've seen it firsthand and it really shook me, honestly. Um, the things that I've seen at the Combo Casita have been incredibly wild and miraculous. It's the only word I can find for that. Uh, and it's said that normal therapy solution rate for PTSD, for example, is something around 20%. But with the help of psychedelics in a clinical and ceremonial sense, that can be increased to 80%. That's amazing, right? And people like myself who are looking to optimize and become a more excellent version of myself to have this more full experience of life, to get squeeze every juice out of life, we have found, I have found like we, I've found that ceremonial psychedelic experiences are incredibly transformative. I'm not the same woman that I was the day after the ayahuasca ceremony. And ceremony is another word that I want to highlight here. It's important. You can do these substances recreationally, and then they're just drugs, which is fine. You know, playing for the sake of play and having a good time is also very healing and important in life. And if you add drugs into that mix, you know, just use your best judgment. I mean, we know which ones to stay away from completely and which ones are playful and uplifting within reason. We're all smart adults here, right? But when you do psychedelics with a facilitator that makes it her or their religion, meaning they pray over it, they obsess over it, they know how it's ethically sourced, they've studied ancient texts, they've studied with indigenous tribes, and Importantly, and I think often left out with that last part of studying with indigenous tribes, is realizing that if you drop a Westerner into the Amazon, we're not super good to go. We have different kinds of diseases and ailments we're working with. We have different cultures. And so to take, to cookie cutter, take what they do in indigenous tribes and bring it to Los Angeles is just not optimized for the humans that we are and the things that we're dealing with. So to have a shaman that is farsighted and intuitive enough to know what to bring back and what to bring in from the modern world is also really important. Now, all of these that I just talked about, they're all disruptive strategies that will bring about or that can bring about awakening experiences and radical transformations. And, and you can add in there, you're probably or hopefully going to some exotic faraway place, which is a huge pattern disruptor. Um, 
you know, intentionally and non-intentionally, pattern disruptors are so important to growth. Shamanism is intentional, right? But think about going through something like a breakup. Not expected, not intentional if you're on the receiving end of it. it. That intense feeling sense of heartbreak is an altered state, which you could use to your advantage. You could use that to go to the gym and get snatched. Uh, you want to travel the world. You want to reconnect friends from your past. You're kind of like weird about doing that with for some reason. If you want to change up life completely, that's a great time to do it because your snow globe, your brain, has been shaken up and you really can choose where the snowflakes settle if you want to write your own destiny. It's a conscious choice. I would say that that is the biggest purpose-filled lesson that I learned from my time with the shaman and learning her craft and her religion, at least a bit of it, that I have a choice I have all the choices available to me. It just becomes a priority thing. When I can expand my perspective and know how I'm truly connected with the vibrations of the universe, traffic doesn't seem so bad. Sure, the world is getting covered in plastics and we're going to block out the sun one day with satellites and space garbage. But I have a choice to see those things and be farsighted. I can also know that it's handled divinely and know at the same time, right, sitting with both polarities here, that I have an active participation in all of it. And that every small act that I do in the day, especially the mundane, have me marching confidently towards a direction of an ideal, not a destination, but an ideal that, you know, I am not a victim of circumstance. I'm a powerful, in my case, I'm a powerful woman who is divinely guided and I'm going somewhere exciting. And as long as I continue to stay humble, and spiritually enduring and always a student of life, I'm going to have a good time. Okay, now before I go, what happened to the house and the husband? Yeah, I wasn't just going to start off that story and not finish it. Um, everything happened. Everything happened. We sold the house and we made double what we paid for it. That was dope. Jeff and I consciously uncoupled, as they say, and we're discovering ourselves in this new phase of life. And it's amazing. There's probably more unconditional love in our relationship now than ever before. And yeah, I got what I asked for, a more full experience of life. You know, I'm living big and boldly and I don't exactly know where I'm going or where I'll end up, but I'm definitely, definitely enjoying the ride. And Shaman, if you're listening, I wanna thank you for being such a meaningful guide. And I hope you, if you're listening, wherever you are um, or watching, I hope you find your own Shaman. And if you'd like to sit in ceremony with mine and maybe me, if I'm still apprenticing with her, you can send me a DM in Instagram at JessicaDepatsy underscore. That's Jessica Depati, D-E-P-A-T-I-E underscore. And I'll hook you up if it feels aligned for everybody. All right, y'all. Be safe, but not too safe. And we'll talk again soon. <laughs>